Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, uh. brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruning. You can follow me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. I'll be joined today by my usual co-host, Mr. Dennis Bennett, who you can follow at Culture underscore Coach, and Matthew Fox, who you can follow at Nighthawk7734. We are proud to be a part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. You can find us and a ton of other great podcasts, including those on music, movies, pop culture, and, of course, fantasy football, on the Music City Drive-In website. It is a phenomenal website. We've got a great group of podcasts and people in there. It's a lot of fun. Go by, check it out, let us know what you think. We also have a Discord channel to help you guys out with all of your fantasy needs, whether it's redraft. Dynasty, or even Devi Football. If you guys would like to get in on that, DM one of us on Twitter or go to the website, and there is a link to join. We uh, we got five analysts, and they're all willing to try and help you guys out, help you win your leagues this year. For today's episode, we are heading into the biggest draft weekend of the year. So me, Dennis, and Matt will give you some of our redraft strategies, as well as giving you our AFC predictions for the 2020 season. All right, and we are live on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube's, and Facebook. We are back. It's Thursday, two weeks away from the start of the NFL season with the Chiefs and the Texans. We've got Dennis and Matt with us. We're going to talk a little redraft strategies and the AFC Conference. How are you gentlemen doing today? I am doing fantastic. I'm off work tomorrow. I'm looking good to go and uh Put a new back on my shed because we're going to have the electric company put power out there. So no relaxation for this guy. I'm the opposite. We're uh, we're going to a resort overnight tomorrow so that I can float down a lazy river. Very nice. I am somewhat jealous of that. I don't know. I got a lot of draft stuff going on because I was just mentioned. I'm kind of excited. I like it. Fucking Zoom one tonight at 7 o'clock my time. And it's going to take like three hours. And I really don't want to go to bed late because I got a long day tomorrow. It's supposed to be like 106 most of the day here tomorrow. It's just – but you know what? It is, it is it's what, we, it's what we do for what we love, right? And I somewhat love fantasy football for the most part, except for last year. Last year we did not have a very good relationship. So, Hey, look, everybody loves it until the games start. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, it is, I think I mentioned this on Monday's podcast, but I'll say it again. This weekend is, I think, like the biggest draft weekend for most redraft leagues. Everybody tries to get them in this weekend. Some some do it, I know, Labor Day, but a lot of people go out and do stuff Labor Day weekend. So this is it. This is your final kind of few days 
before your redraft. So I just wanted to talk a couple redraft strategies. You know, we talked a little bit about it as we addressed our redraft listener league. We haven't gone too deep into how we kind of handle our redrafts, and I've got one tonight. I know you guys have already done some. You might have some going on. So do you guys ever go in with a specific strategy when you go into your redrafts? Well, it depends on where you're drafting from. You know, this year especially is a running back heavy first couple rounds. So there's there's a couple spots. I, I hate being in the middle. So I want to be first four or probably last three. So that five through nine, if I can avoid that, I do. But uh, I think my most recent draft I did from the 10 spot in the break from the grind, Michael Thomas charity draft, I pulled uh, Chubb and Mixon out of the 10 hole with the 110 and 203. So I, I like that start. Even in Superflex, I, I, I'll usually start – running back, running back like that late in the draft. So with redraft, you know, I play mostly dynasty. So with redraft for me, I have to remember that it's okay to draft old players. Yeah, I mean, it really really does change your mindset. I I noticed too, I feel like when when you do a lot of dynasty leagues, you have a lot of people who are pretty high on fantasy football who are following it year round and who are pretty well versed. It feels like when you hit redraft season, you start getting more of those people that didn't even really think about football until, you know, a week before the draft started or an hour before the draft started. Um, so it's always kind of interesting. Uh, that's been one of the interesting things to me too. When we've, we've gotten a few uh, user questions in the discord, you, you'll see, people, you know, back at pick nine. Yeah. Saquon dropped to me because people didn't know he was good. Like, I wish I was in some of those leagues. That was kind of, but I'm a little bit like Dennis. I hate being in the middle because there's uh, running backs you should probably take in picks uh, four through seven that I can't make myself take. So then I like blow a little early on, on Michael Thomas. Uh, my work one was great because I was picked 10 and he dropped all the way to me. Um, Cause you know, I was pretty set. I was going to take a wide receiver back there anyway. Um, but you know, I mostly the first few rounds I try to do best player available, and then I try to be like Dennis and remember that I'm not just taking rookies, so that I have uh, you know future youth on my team in the middle rounds that I need to take uh, players. I think that's where it changes from you trying to take players you think are going to be good in the future to some of those middle rounds. I try to take people with upside. Yeah, I, I try not to go in, if I'm being honest, with any kind of set strategy. I think a lot of it, too, depends on where you are. The one thing I do want to do is get a running back, especially this year, uh, with one of my first two picks. Obviously, again, that depends on where you're picking. So, like, one of the ones I have tomorrow, it's it's a one-person keeper. And I, I, mean, I, I talked to you guys about it in the chat. I'm keeping D, uh, Chark in the 16th round. And I got the second pick, and I know like Zeke and CMC are going back, so I'm taking Zeke right there at the second pick. And I, even if I was a little bit later, I, I would want to get one stud running back for sure. I, I I don't hate what Dennis was talking about. I think I did that in our redraft league. I doubled up on running back at the end of the four. I was, I think, the 14th pick, and so I doubled up Chubb and Mixon, if I'm remembering correctly. So mm-hmm. I, I don't mind doing that because of how deep wide receiver is. But I wouldn't say, uh, just from my opinion, I wouldn't lock myself in any kind of position there because if, say, you're picking 
middle of the second round and somehow a Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas falls to you in the middle of the second round, I'm taking those guys over even if like a Joe Mixon falls to me there too. So even as deep as wide receiver is, getting that value there, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I would lock myself into one position saying, hey, I'm going to go do this. Uh, but I, I I mean, running back is just so – I feel like it's the shallowest position this year. Uh, even I even feel like tight end's a little bit deeper than running back is this year with the fact you only have to start one tight end. So I'm definitely, for me, when I go in looking to get at least one – preferably top 10 running back at worst top 12 running back to kind of anchor my team. Do you guys, yeah, uh, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm, uh, I'm drafting Austin Eckler as my RB one. Uh, yeah, I'm certainly yeah, not a, uh, running back. I'm not a running backs. Don't matter guy. So I, I want to get yeah, that. A, that would be this one. That, yeah. That, that'd, be, my, that'd be that Matt. Yeah. I'm, I'm with my, you on that. In my work league, I, I went zero RB until the fifth round and ended up, and then I took three in a row. I ended up with, I think, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, Mostert, and uh, Philip Lindsay. So I'm like, we'll well, see what I mean, happens. if you go by my rankings, that's not. Bad. I know. Well, but then again, <laughs> see, see, that's the that's been the great thing because I think there's another flip side when you get into some of these redraft leagues. Guys haven't spent months and months studying these rookies and building up their expectations. So in a couple, I actually had a similar situation to what you're describing. I had one keeper and I had a two pit, two pick, and Elliot was there. Um, yeah. Saquon had been kept, but CMC went one. Elliot was there. I took Michael Thomas anyway. And third and fourth round, I started stacking, grabbing Taylor, and I can't remember who else I grabbed. But I've seen Jonathan Taylor in these redraft in dynasty leagues. He goes top yeah, two by the third round in yeah. these redraft leagues, you can get him fifth or sixth round. If he ends up doing what we think so. he might do, that's not a terrible RB one that I went essentially zero RB to. Well, yeah, and I I'm, think I'm a- being dynasty players, we, we get that same thing with the wide receivers. So we've been studying Brian Edwards and Jalen Rager, who are likely to be the top receivers on both of their teams. I think a lot of other people are going to look at Philadelphia and say, well, I need Deshaun Jackson or one of those tight ends, or I'm going to go Tyrell Williams, or they'll be even, 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 even worse. Oh, I remember Nelson Aguilar from Philadelphia. Isn't he good? And then Tyrell we roll Williams. in. Yeah, that's who. We roll in the 10th, 11th, 12th round, and we're grabbing Brian Edwards and Jalen Rager. And halfway through the season, they're putting up wide receiver one numbers That's for us. So, like a round and a half after I took Taylor in my work league, somebody grabbed Marlon Mack. They're like, "I'm surprised you didn't take running the top running back." Like I did. <laughs> yeah, I was say I, I'm going to end up talking out of both sides of my mouth here now because I just said don't lock yourself into a position. But if Jonathan Taylor falls to me in even the fourth round. Uh, on Saturday, I am taking him. I, I don't think he will. This this league that uh, we did the one keeper, it's always super RB heavy. I think last year, eleven of our twelve picks were running backs. Last year, like it's just it's super RB heavy. So I know I've got to attack somebody early because the chances of a decent guy even falling back to me at the end of the second round is going to be a is going to be a little tight. But I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Do you guys so far? I mean, how, how many redrafts has you got? Have you guys been in? I've only been in two. This so. Uh, this will be my third tonight and then fourth to Saturday. I think I'm in like four or five, but they're all charity leagues. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm not, 
I, yeah, I'm putting effort and time in them because I want to win, but it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not really winning cash. Um, I th so we have 32 plus I must be in six. Uh, five straight redraft and one um, that was a keeper league uh, where I had one uh, keeper, but I, I have my work league that, that's redraft. We did our listener league, um, doing one with some of the FLA guys, and I have one that's that hasn't drafted yet that I don't know when it's drafting. They keep saying they're going to do a slow draft. I, I told them we're sort of running out of time for. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be as slow as you think. Yeah, it better be a pretty speedy draft. Uh, so with with you guys being in multiple ones, is, do you have a favorite spot to pick at this year or a favorite draft spot? Even if it's not just one, like do you prefer back end, middle end, mid or middle end, middle, you know, book ends of the draft? I mean, for me personally, I think it's the book ends. I haven't really liked – for some reason, dynasty-wise, I've really enjoyed picking in the middle because I've been in the middle like anything I've done this year for dynasty. But on my redress, I prefer to either be at the front or the back end of my drafts. I'm kind of partial to four and 10 right now uh, in 12 teams, four and 10. Yeah. I like, uh, I like uh, being at the ends. So um, really my preference would be back in 10, 10, 11 or 12 uh, in a 12 team, just because I like the way it falls there better. And the, the duo of players you seem to end up grabbing there seems better. All right, last one, and only because I heard a lot of people talking about this. So I already know Matt would do this at 1-1, so I guess I should angle this more toward Dennis. Where would you feel comfortable taking Michael Thomas in the first round? Like what pick, as you're going through, do you feel like has finally hit that point where you're like, it's, is it really worth it to take one of these running backs over Michael Thomas? I think what, Matt, is it just CMC for you? Is that it? No, no. I mean, if we're being honest, what you should do, uh, you know, I think we we actually I think Dennis and I were similar when we ticked off uh, our top. You know, it was Thomas Markley. You should take Ezekiel Elliott. I would probably you should probably take Kamara. And then where it starts, where I would probably defer to Thomas is instead of Dalvin Cook uh, or Mixon. So I probably five um, in that keeper league. Bark if Barkley was there too, I would have. Taken Barkley. I'm probably I, I'm good. I'm comfortable with Cook at five. Um, I don't know. I given the leagues I'm in, a lot of times I'm probably splitting. If I'm at five, six, seven, I'm probably splitting the pick between. Um, Thomas and uh, who, who did I just say? Cook. Thomas and Cook or Thomas and Derrick Henry or, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who's drafting CEH at the 108 yet or 107. Some of those people going crazy with him there. But uh, and it's probably around the six or seven range is where I'm grabbing Thomas. All right, I uh, I'm with you on that. I think for I think I'd actually probably push it closer to nine for me, nine or ten, just because I do think I'd take Mixon, just because I, I'm 
I think he's going to have a huge year. And then it, depending on, again, if you're looking at, if literally you're sitting at pick 10 and it's been nothing but RBs, I think I'd probably go Chubb at that point because picking 10, I know I'm likely going to get possibly an Adams or even a Julio. And while they're not Thomas, I don't think either one of those finished that close behind him. So I think if nine running backs go and I'm sitting at 10, I'm thinking I'm probably going to go Chubb then or I mean, as much as I hate to say, like you just said, or an Eckler type just to get an RB because I know I can still get a wide receiver who's going to produce close to Thomas right behind him when it comes back around to me. So, I I mean, I'm I'm probably one of those people who's not going to end up with Thomas and any of my teams this year because I feel like if I'm picking 11 or 12, he's going to go before it gets to me, and that's probably where I'd feel most comfortable taking him just because I want to get that RB. And at that 11 and 12, you can kind of double up. Well, and – I, I think too, like I'm I'm very comfortable taking Leonard Fournette, like late third, okay. fourth round. I, I know that he's it's it's uh, in vogue to hate on Fournette, but I just I feel like he's he's gonna have a really good year. Uh he's huh? he's probably you don't not hear gonna my prediction. Seventy two passes, but I think he's gonna he's gonna have a pretty solid year. Uh uh, I'm good. I'm good with Fournette as my running back. I, you know, I'd rather have Fournette as my RB two than Eckler. I think I'd rather have Eckler. Matt, what about you? Be the time tiebreaker. I would much rather have Eckler. And again, that might just be more toward my bold prediction with the Jaguars as well. That's going to go heavily into my right. my not love for Fournette. Not that I think I mean, Fournette's going to be bad. I think he's going to be an RB two this year, but I just don't think he's going to. I just I think Eckler's going to get a ton of work. I'm not as as sold on the Kelly Justin Jackson hype that's all coming out of Los Angeles. I think it's going to be no Justin Jackson hype. Well, yeah, I was trying to give you Matt some love. <laughs> I was just trying to you know I was just trying to make Matt happy. Uh, Here's the thing though: we saw Eckler see a lot of the primary rushing work for yeah. a majority of the season, and still end up as RB four. They, you know, I I was looking at the Chargers uh, receiver situation. You know, Mike Williams, obviously, already banged up. They have Allen. They have Williams. They have Hunter Henry. And behind that, Matt, you could probably make it on to – they have undrafted. I've been reaching out to Herbert. I've been reaching out to Herbert to see if he can get me an invitation to camp. But, uh, yeah. yeah. It's very possible Austin Eckler ends up playing slot receiver for them uh, some, you know. So I, I still think he's going to have a big year. And, and in PPR, I if you're talking about standard, I will give you Fournette. But if we're playing PPR, I don't think Fournette's going to have a huge receiving year. And I think Jacksonville sucks. So that may well, – if they get buried early, that kills a little bit of Fournette if he's not a primary receiver. Well, and, and I will acknowledge that Eckler has ticked up with the Mike Williams injury, but I, I think that that's going to end up being a lower volume offense than uh, in yeah. LA uh, with Tyrod Taylor at the quarterback, um, and and that's why I think Kelly is going to get you know more work. So we'll see. We'll see. That's why they play the games. Yeah. What we really need is uh, to go to Matt to ask all our questions about the Rams running back since that's his team that he runs on a daily basis. Cam Akers. Cam, yeah. Cam Akers all day, baby. 
I'm I'm all in on Cam, man. He, I, I, I think he's going to be just fine. He's another guy that I actually think uh, – what was his ADP? I was looking at stuff earlier today. I think he's going in like the seventh or eighth round in redrafts right now. I'm, I'm hitting smash on that every single day. Like he may split sometime here and there, but I – and I'm not that sold on him as an overall player, but I think with the way their offense is going to be run this year, I think they're going to rely heavily on him. So I'm all in on Cam. I just can't wait for our Halloween show when you buy a Rams polo and you have the best uh, costume of any of us. Wrong, sir. I already have a Rams windbreaker. It is in the mail. Yes, see, you're ready to go. With a Motorola headset. I am. You have no idea. I'm ready to go. When is Ed Sheeran last year? <laughs> Sean McVay this year. All right. Uh, I did have two more. I, I changed my mind because uh, this, is, I do think, is a big deal. We see a lot of people kind of do this. How late are you willing to go on quarterback? Because I feel like none of us are going to be the guys who take that Lamar, Patrick Mahomes early on. I think the next closest, one, the next up is Dak and Russell, who I think are like fifth and sixth round guys. How I'm assuming you guys usually don't take them there. How late are you willing to wait on quarterback? I, I'm willing to wait. Yeah, in super flex, seventh, eighth round, ninth round to take my first quarterback. Uh, it's a situation that I, you know, you have to play the draft and play the room and see how it goes. The, the league that I just finished drafting and it was a super flex and uh, Jackson went in the, I, I feel like he went in the second. It was, yeah, it was, a, there was, the a, yeah. And Mahomes in the fourth, but then it it was probably eighth round before there was a uh, quarterback run, and it, it now it was a substantial run lasted about three rounds, uh, gotcha. but it was let's see I think that might have been look at that uh, it's a sleeper so, you can't ever find anything. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Why is looking that up? I no. I think for me like. Superflex, Dennis is much more daring than me. Superflex, I make sure. But most of, most of the redraft things I play are, are one quarterback. Like in our uh, listener league, it was Superflex, so you had to go early. Yeah. I usually watch uh, the board. So in my work league, uh, Lamar Jackson and Mahomes went in the first round, and people started taking quarterbacks in the second and third. I waited till the ninth and took Drew Brees, who nobody was excited about, but who I think is going to be a fine quarterback one and I stacked my receivers and running backs first so that I had depth positions um, in the league that I'm doing in the middle of right now. Deshaun Watson was there at the end of the sixth round. So I took him because I thought that was a good value uh, for what I was looking at. So it kind of depends. Yeah. I will watch and see where guys kind of go and where quarterbacks go. If everybody's hammering quarterback early, I tend to wait toward the middle and wait for those guys that aren't maybe flashy, but that are going to yeah. be sturdy. But if you see top talent starting to drop, Kyler Murray went one pick in front of where I took Watson. I, if he would have dropped, I would have taken him too. You know, back of the sixth round, seeing guys that, that might put up those kind of points is appealing to me. Yeah, I ended up taking Baker at QB uh, or at seven ten was where I took him and then I took Carr in the 10th round at 10.03 as my two quarterbacks in that league. I, I, I didn't take a third, so uh, I probably – I could have probably waited another, oh, 
if I'd have waited another round, a uh, couple rounds, I'd have been looking at guys like um, Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold. So I was okay taking Baker there in the seventh. Yeah, well, I'd be too, especially where I have him ranked. So, yeah, I think so. If you're going super flex like Dennis was just talking about, I'm with you. I'll probably try and get my first one right around that round seven range. Again, it depends. If you see some huge run in like the third round where, say, 12 quarterbacks, 14 quarterbacks go off the board, you're, you're going to have to grab somebody. But I, I prefer to wait. In single QB, I'm with Matt. I mean, I actually saw one. The One of the ones that I did, I kid you not, Baker was on the board in the 14th round of this draft. So I would not suggest reaching for a quarterback at all. I'm someone who I saved my last two picks for my kicker defense. If you have kicker defense in there and I'm grabbing as many running backs and wide receivers as I can, I only get one tight end, one, the quarterback. Now I might change that this year, just with everything going on COVID-19. I may try and grab a backup quarterback and tight end in case something happens to my starters, but I mean, with quarterback is so deep this year, I would say you easily have 20, maybe 21 guys that could all easily finish in the top 15. Like, there's a lot of really good core. I think for me, probably my bottom five guys, I don't think have any shot to finish in the top 15. Outside of that, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks could be really good. So I'm, I'm suggesting waiting as long as you can on quarterback. I would say, too, you have to observe and see – what people yeah. are doing in the draft year. And so I tend to, to be with you. Like I took Mark Andrews in my, in the fourth round, my, my work draft, I would have been happy rolling one tight end and rolling one quarterback until I saw was playing with a different kind of group of people that, that maybe have different values that started taking two and three tight ends and two yeah. and three quarterbacks, in which case you probably are better served getting somebody that you don't mind because you may not be able to play waiver roulette. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. So for me, I have a lot of time. Like I'm, I'm, you know, we've talked about it. I'm high on John and Smith this year. He's a guy who's going very end of the draft. So yeah, I'm with you. You have to watch. The, that's the biggest thing I think everybody says, right? You have to know your draft room. You have to pay attention to that. But if you're going just typical talk, like we were just saying, I, I mean, I'm fine even getting as much as I'm not a big fan of my quarterback Jared Goff. You know, I, I do think that he could be good in a redraft setting. So I would take. Uh, tight end was the last question that I wanted to ask. We were just talking about uh, – you were just kind of talking about how you were waiting on that. Is that kind of the same thing for you guys? I imagine – well, Matt, you just said you took Andrews early. Are are either one of you guys reaching for one of those top three? If not, like where is that safe route? Like for me, I think if you can get a – I was trying to think of who the other in that area is, like a Waller, Higby. Who else did I have right up in that range? There was somebody else. I wish I had my – you know what? I guess I could just Kinda. pull my rankings up. I've got them right here. Um, let's see here. So if if I if I see like a Waller, Henry, Ingram, Higby, Fant, or Hurst, all those guys, if they fall to like the seventh, eighth, ninth round, I might try and grab one of those yeah. this year. I usually tend to wait, like you were just talking about, Matt. But if I can get one of those guys to fall to like the seventh to ninth round, I probably am going to hit yes this year, just based on what we're looking at going in. What do you guys do when it comes to the tight end position? Well, I'm kind of watching the board. So the reason I took Andrews early is it was the middle of the fourth round. And I was like, that to me felt like pretty good value for a guy that That's has a great value. To be, yeah. You know, I had taken three receivers and I was about to take the RB. To the tight end I'm, taking, I'm taking Andrews here, you know, because they dropped. But usually if those guys go in like, you know, first, second, I saw – 
uh, Kelsey and Kittle in in the leagues I went, and even Waller, both were all all were gone in the second round. I'm not going that high. You know, I'll wait and drop down in our uh, in our work league. Fant went in the ninth round. I would have taken him. You know, yeah. if he was still there, that's where I would have gone. But I already had Waller, so I just moved on. Or I already had Andrews, so I moved on to something else. You know, I. I'm not opposed to taking Kittle or Kelsey in the second round. It, it kind of comes down to what does my portfolio look like? So if I've, you know, in 20 some odd teams and I, I don't have Kelsey or Kittle anywhere. And let's say I started off with Elliot at four and Kittle is sitting there for me at two Oh nine. I may go, you know what? I think I'm going to – I don't have him anywhere. I'm going to take a shot here. But usually usually I, I end up – I've got like – I think I took Kelsey one time uh, in a late first or early second just for the hell of it because I, I didn't have any – didn't roster him anywhere. And so I, I don't have Kittle anywhere. But after that, if Andrews is in the fourth – I'm usually good there, but the rest of them after Andrews, I'm not really too keen on a couple times. Uh, I've seen Ertz in the eighth round or so a few picks from me coming at me. And I, I thought, well, if Ertz makes it to me here, I'm going to take him, but I'm not that in on Waller this year and Ingram and his injury history. Uh, I just have concerns about that. And, and so for the most part, Unless I, for the hell of it, roll the dice on Kelsey or Andrews, late first, early second, or fourth for Andrews, I'm for I'm then moving on, and I'm I'm at the back, and I'm grabbing John U. Smith in the the tenth round, or this year, I'm I'm looking at Eric Ebron and going, God damn, he, I, I think he might be, I think he might have a year in, in Pittsburgh. So that's uh, I just I just went and looked at our draft board for. Our- FLA writers draft, which also made me feel better because I had pick five and I actually did take a running back. So I'm not, oh, always hey, a I took Kamara, uh, but uh, I took my tight end 10 08. I got fan and I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of is, is what you're talking about. It, watching. There's a lot of guys we think have tight end one potential that are going, you know, eight to 12th round. Yeah, I took yeah, Donu right. at twelve three and Herndon at sixteen three. Nice. Well, and in our in our redraft league, Matt took Herndon in the thirteenth, and somebody else got him in the sixteenth, which is really yeah, that's great value. There in the sixteenth, yeah, that's right. that's amazing value. No, yeah, I think. See, now you're making me feel bad about keeping chart because I had Andrews in the thirteenth round, and it was so hard for me to throw that back. But I just I felt like having that. Well, I know you're not as high in as Chark as me and Dennis are, but having that like solid wide receiver two in the 16th round, I thought was just a tad bit better value. So I ended you up should, doing that. You should feel bad about that decision. I do because I'm, I'm love not going to make Andrews. you feel any better about that. I love Mark Andrews, so I'm a little disappointed about that as well. But all right, if we you will really talk. Mark Andrews, he'd be on your team. Well, it's just because I'm going to draft him in the first round at pick two. That's how much I'm going to show him my love. I, no, that's not going to happen. I might take him in the fourth, but I don't think he'll get back to me. You know we what? Some, it, if you're really just trying to throw the league away, you should draft Minshew in the first round because maybe you'll get a case of Bud Light out of it. 
yeah, I don't think I'm going to. I tried that last year. I went into this draft a little bit too cocky, and I, I was, uh, <laughs> I got, yeah, I got just destroyed all season long. Again, granted, and Matt, you know, because we talked about a lot, that was the team I had Juju on, Devin Singletary, like, coming out of the draft. I was like, fucking winner. I don't even have to do anything all season long. And then, yeah, everybody got it hurt, and it just ended badly for me. Speaking so, of which, poor one after Devin Singletary when the only report out of camp is that he can't hold on to the football. Ah, it'll be all right. Fumbles are overrated. They say the same thing about Jonathan Taylor right now. Jonathan Taylor, RB12, 2020. Just you watch. All right, let's talk AFC. We'll kick this off with uh, – we're starting with the AFC East, right? That's what I have on here. Okay. Uh, apparently. Is that what I have? I don't even know. I'm, I'm honestly yeah. – Okay, yeah, I was say, I'm not. I'm honestly not looking at the show sheet, so I'm just guessing. I'm pretty sure I was right because I set it up to where we can talk about the North last, and that's what matters because of the Kings of the North, right there, right, right there. There we go. All right, so I'll let uh, Matt. I'll let you kick it off. How? Who do you have? Uh, the who do you have winning the AFC East and all that other good stuff? All right, AFC East, sometimes thought of as the AFC least, especially this uh, this season with. I'm not high on our friends, the Patriots, but uh, I have the Bills winning at 10 and 6. I have the Patriots at 8 and 8, Dolphins at 5 and 11, and Jets at 5 and 11. Although the Jets are really, really making me rethink whether I need to go strip a few wins away from them. So I rolled out. I have the Patriots winning the division at 9 and 7. Um, followed by the Dolphins at seven and nine, the Bills at six and ten, and the Jets at four and twelve. Uh, wow! I, I'm yeah. I'm Bill's coffee is about to eat our lunch. Yeah, well, good thing I'm not dieting. No, I'm sorry. If you're seeing my reactions, we're about to get like a massive storm, and like my backyard is like freaking. I guess my backyard can't freak out, but like there are trees looking like they're about to blow through my sunroom here. It's it's not looking yeah. pretty over here. So that's what happened to me on half of our shows during the summer. I'm looking. Yeah, I just heard a. Oh, I just heard terrible. like. A, I wasn't even sure if you guys heard that. I swear that it sounds like that lightning hit like right next to my house. It's gotten – it may not look dark on my computer screen, but it looks like the end of times is coming right outside in my backyard. Was so. it last Thursday when I had to leave you guys a message that said we're about to get pounded by hail? Yeah. Well, that's what – that's what, that's what they're saying is about to happen here, and I'm trying to debate on if I need to leave or not because I didn't believe it. But now watching the wind blowing as much as it is, like they're saying, hey, this massive storm's coming through. You're, we're expecting it's dime-sized hail, but still, I don't want my car to get hit with hail. So, yeah, if you guys see me just cut off the show, Dennis and Matt will carry it. I'll be back in a couple minutes. So, AFC East, I have the Bills going 9-7 uh, and seven and winning the AFC East. I had the Patriots at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Dolphins at six and ten, and the Jets at three and thirteen. Uh, my bold predictions or predictions were: I think uh, Isaiah Hodgins gets four receiving touchdowns this year for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, for the Patriots, I have Damian Harris finishes as a low end running back two. Preston Williams for the Dolphins finishes as a mid tier wide receiver two, and for the Jets, I just changed this one a minute ago, trying to figure out why the hell Kalen Balaj scored more touchdowns than maybe on Bell. What about you guys? What are your predictions for the AFC East? Well, Dennis, go first. I I don't really have one for the Patriots. You know, I kind of thought about it, and I I just – I wasn't sure what what would be bold, what would be relevant. It's – 
to me, there's just a little too much unknown there. I kind of played around with a couple things and nothing really seemed feasible. Uh, with the Bills, I thought, well, I feel like Stefan Diggs is not gonna fin- is gonna finish as a wide receiver three. But I went and looked at my rankings, and I have him ranked as a wide receiver three, so that doesn't feel like it's very bold. <laughs> and given that I think the Bills are gonna go six and ten, I- I'm not expecting a whole lot out of Josh Allen this year, so they're gonna struggle. Uh, but for the the uh, Jets, I have a. I think Chris Herndon has the chance. He's really developing chemistry. Uh, so I have him breaking out. I, I ranked him as, I think, tight end 22 or 23. But I'm not going to be the least bit surprised if he's tight end 10 or 12. Uh, so I'm calling Herndon as my breakout if he doesn't get injured again or end up in Gase's doghouse. Uh, and then for the Dolphins, uh, I think Jordan Howard is going to rush for 1,200 yards. I think the Dolphins are going to be a decent team. You know, I have them finishing second in the division at seven and nine, but they're going to be competitive and in enough games that Jordan Howard is going to get some work. All right. So for me, I'm going to go for the Patriots. I'm going to say Cam Newton starts all 16 games okay. uh, that he's healthy. Uh, I don't think it's on him that, that they, you know, they don't have an incredible roster. Uh, for the Bills, I'm going to say Josh Allen improves his completion percentage for the third straight season. He did better last year than he did as a rookie. I think he keeps that trend going. For the Dolphins, Preston Williams finishes as their top receiver. Uh, and there, I'm forgetting a team. Oh, the Jets. Um, I predict uh, that Adam Gase does not make it to the end of the season. Oof. I hope so, buddy. I hope so. It's just, I mean, trading for a player that you I know. You know, just hang off the street. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny, too, because I, I watched that. I saw that happen, and I was I just started laughing. And the funny thing is, I can't remember if it was on Ian Rappaport or someone else retweeted it and said something. I was looking at the Jets fans in the mentions talking about, like, how this was such a great trade and everything. It's like, oh, it's a late-round pick. We'll get it back. I'm like, no. It really wasn't like you could have just picked him up. I I don't really see a whole lot of teams running out there and be like, "Hey, Kalen Balaj, come play for us." So yeah, I'm not a. I think that was kind of a bad move too, but it is what it is. So instead of waiting till we give all of them, we'll, we'll talk about each division here as we go. So obviously, none of us are big on the Jets uh, this year. I assume Dennis, you agree with Matt as do I that Adam Gase will uh, not be long for the job there with the Jets if he has a season. We all think. Yeah, yeah that, that's is, what, uh, that is correct. I don't think any of us will be that sad about that either. The Dolphins, uh, let's see here. So I'm one game behind you, Dennis. Matt, You're, I guess we're all kind of in the same range, Matt. You only have them a couple losses more than us. I mean, are, is it what is what I think – what do you think is their biggest kind of weakness coming into this year? Because I do think they improved their team, obviously signed all those really great defensive free agents. I think their offense could actually be very explosive. So what is it that's – just holding them back for both of you. I just, I just think they're a year away. Uh, you okay. know, really. I like the Dolphins. I was kind of surprised with how the record shifted. That's why I like that site because you're picking week by week following their schedule, and I purposely will not look at the team records while I'm going through yeah. those schedules because I, I don't want that to be influencing. And I figured when I got to the end, I probably have the Dolphins as a seven win team, and I looked over and I'm like, well. Uh, maybe not this year. And they don't have you know, an easy I still, schedule though. They really no, don't. 
they don't have an easy schedule, and I think Fitzmagic probably plays most, if not all, the year. Uh, and their offensive line is still a work in progress. Um, they, I do think they got better on offense. I think they got better on defense. I like their coaching. I think they're trending. You know, they're depressing five and elevens, and then there's good five and eleven, six and ten. I think they would be a good five and eleven, six and ten. I think they'll be a frisky team, a hard out, but I just don't think they're quite there. You know, I, I gave them seven wins. I think they they have five wins. I, I think five wins is where they are. I'm giving the other two wins are going to be surprises. I think that uh, Brian Flores has that team playing. That team uh, played hard for him last year when everybody was, oh, they're going to tank for Tua, they're going to suck. He's The team was like, no, no, we don't think so. And they improved from last year. What They were, what, 3-13 and 13 last year? Yeah. So uh, I think they were better they were five and eleven last year. No, no, he's talking about were the they? year before. The year before Flores got there. Yeah, the year before Flores got there. Well, right, no, that's what no, you're I talking mean, about. Last year with, no, I mean with Flores last year. So oh, they were five. They had five wins last year. Yeah. So they play hard for him. He's a good coach. He's got a good staff, and and they've added talent. They're they're clearly smart when they say. Yeah, I know we spent a fourth round pick on this guy, but motherfucker can't play. So we're going to jettison him and we're going to move on. We've got lots of depth. We don't need to have uh, somebody with no vision playing any of our positions. So I feel like there's a couple wins there that are going to come from coaching that they're going to surprise with the upside. And that's how I got them up to seven. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to kind of – pull a little bit of a Matt Fox here. I think I've become a closet Dolphins fan. Like I've, I've really kind of fallen in love with this team. I think Brian Flores, I would say I could honestly see him winning like coach of the year in the next couple of years. I do think the Dolphins are finally kind of on the, the up, but it seems like we keep have been talking about, it. they had some good years with Ryan Tannehill, but what Flores was able to do with that roster last year, I think he's clearly a phenomenal coach. I, I, while I do think Herbert and Burrow are better than Tua, Tua is still a really damn good quarterback. And if he stays healthy, he's going to be a really good quarterback. They've got a ton of great weapons around him. You know, I saw a uh, a mock draft for 2021 where they ended up getting Chuba Hubbard. My God, if they could get Hubbard into that backfield, that they just got their RB1 as well. Like, they can improve that offensive line some. I think the Miami Dolphins could could be what we're talking about the Bills this year. Dolphins being next year easily, so I'm I'm, I'm liking where they're going. Well, I don't see, think I mean, Dolphins that's, are going to lose one one less one more game than they did this they do this year. So I'm not sure what you're talking about when you say talking about the Bills there. Well, well, well so, yeah, you are not high on the Bills. Most everybody else is. So yeah, see, and you know you're not going to appreciate this comparison as much, but sometimes even when teams do really well, bringing in new talent, it can take a while to gel. They had they gotten more of a an off season together uh, to work on some of these things and more traditional off season. I might feel even better about that, but you know, on defense, they have a lot of good players, but a lot of guys that haven't played together before, they're going to be playing in systems and offense. We've seen teams that have made big improvements that were really excited to take an additional year. You know, when cousins went to Minnesota, we thought they'd be there. They're eight and eight. They didn't make the playoffs. The Browns last year, you know, 
I think they're in much better shape this year than, than maybe they even were last year. I think the same kind of thing for the Dolphins. Sometimes it just takes that one more year of struggle to kind of get where you need to yeah. be. Well, I don't have them making the playoffs. No, yeah, we know. We know. Well, we're just saying we think they're going to take a, a step forward next year. All right, so me and Matt are in on the Bills. Uh, what is it about the Bills that you don't think is going – or how? why do you think they're not going to replicate the success they had last year, Dennis? I'm I'm not sold on Josh Allen. Um, I think that while Stephon Diggs is the best wide receiver they've had, I, I think that Stephon Diggs is also the moodiest wide receiver they've had. And if they're struggling and he's not getting the ball, he's going to be he, – he's – not going to make the locker room a better place. I know McDermott is a really good coach, but I, I think Diggs has shown that he can be a little iffy when it comes to that stuff. Overall, I, you know, the receiving core isn't super strong. You're relying on Dawson Knox to show things he hasn't shown. Cole Beasley is their de facto number two because I think Diggs and Brown kind of do the same things. So Brown is probably going to be the one that suffers uh, the most. And, and I, I just feel like I, I can appreciate Matt's belief that Josh Allen is going to get more accurate, 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2 more. I mean, I just – I don't know. I, I, I'm not sold on his accuracy – I wasn't sold on it coming out of college, and while he's improved a little bit, uh, I I still think he's got a, got a ways to go there, and I, I don't know that he has it in him. Yeah, accuracy's overrated. He's got those legs; he'll be all right. Uh, do you both of you, or yeah, I meant that both in a football sense and a sexual sense. There, Matt Box, I saw your eyes. I, I was more. I was more alarmed that you said accuracy was overrated. Oh, you know it is. It is. It's overrated. He'll be all right. Uh, do either one of you or both of you have the Pats in the playoffs? Because I do not. I think they are going to just miss making the playoffs. Dennis I, says he, that was I, the only team he had over five hundred. Oh, yeah, I have him in there. So I guess I Matt. So do I. I, I, I try to, I, I finished it. And of course, Bill Bill is just going to end up going 15 and one and just laughing at me, but I, I you know, it's not even time, Cam. Losses become too much. They yeah. had so many big time, you know, people are focused on the offense and I get that. And that's going to be different. And it's going to be an adjustment, but where I really am more cautious about new England is they had a ton of premium defenders leave in free agency, which would be tough to overcome. And then all people talked about their opt-outs, the offensive opt-outs, you know, they had a few role players and stuff opt out, but they had some high profile defenders opt out high tower chung guys that have institutional experience that they need after losing so many guys in free agency that. Last year, the defense really carried that team the first half of the season and arguably carried them uh, to where they were, and it took a massive hit. I know he's an incredible coach, incredible at making adjustments, but at some point in time, the losses become too much. Yeah, I think that's convinced me. I'm going to go ahead and take two wins away from the Pats, and I'm going to give them to the Dolphins, so the Dolphins (laughs) will make the playoffs. There you go. 
Yeah, I just I think, and you know, it's funny that I, we say that that we we're worried about the way that they have lost play pieces on the defense because it seems like Bill is able to put together a defense every single year. So it's not. I feel like it, it's us saying we don't trust Bill Belichick. I think the fact that he gets to eight and eight with this team speaks to how good of a coach he is. Like I, I'm with you, yeah, I'm I mean, just not sold on this roster altogether. Think of Mike Tomlin with the Steelers last year. Arguably, yeah. he put up Coach of the Year performance, <sighs> even though that team was hard. It was often unwatchable. Like you got to separate, you know, what he managed to do with, no, I don't. with what he had. I do not have to separate. That's the great thing about being a fantasy analyst. I can say whatever I want as long as I have conviction behind it. Oh no, we lost Matt. What happened? I didn't kick him off. I promise. All right. Well, when Matt, while we're waiting for Matt to come back, let's jump into the AFC West. I'll, I'll kick it off first here. Uh, so I have the Chiefs uh, going 14-2, and 6-0 and in the division. That's not right. Dang it. Full full transparency. I messed up, and I lost all my stuff. I did have them losing to the Broncos one game. So there's Matt. He's back. I did have them losing to the Broncos, so that is not correct. But uh, I'll get my corrected one up eventually. But uh, the Chiefs were going to win their division anyways. I did have the Broncos coming in second at 10-6. and six. Uh, the Raiders coming in at eight and eight, and the Chargers at three and thirteen. Uh, my bold predictions were—I know it was very rough to do that. I was crying inside for all of my Justin Herbert love. Uh, so for the Chiefs, what did I give my bold prediction for on the Chiefs? I'm trying to remember. Oh, Ceh will not rush for a uh, thousand yards. Broncos, Lindsey will outscore Gordon in fantasy points. Edwards, I think me and Dennis both had the same one here. I think Brian Edwards finishes as the best fantasy wide receiver for Oakland – or, sorry, Las Vegas. And Chargers, though, you guys will like this one. While they do suck this year, and they will be better, from Herbert's start to his finish, when he gets his first start as an NFL starting quarterback to when he finishes, fantasy points per games or stats-wise, he will finish as a top 15 QB for fantasy. Go ahead. Taylor Whoever wants to go next. No, Justin Herbert. I'll go next. Uh, I have the Chiefs winning the division at thirteen and three, uh, followed by the Raiders at ten and six. Uh, have the Raiders and Chiefs both making the playoffs. Uh, the oh, Broncos no. at seven oh, and no. nine, and the Chargers at four and twelve. You know. I don't really have a bold prediction for the Chiefs. They have a powerful offense. They have top one or two or three players at every fantasy-relevant position. Well, okay, maybe a stretch to put Edwards Alaire at one, two, or three, but still a RB1. Uh, the Broncos, I think uh, Cortland Sutton is going to catch 90 passes. Uh, I think that he's going to be a lot more efficient than he was last year. 125, 130 targets, 140 targets. He's the, he's the, the dog out there. Uh, for the Raiders, like you said, Brian Edwards leading the team in fantasy points. And then for the Chargers, Joshua Kelly is going to lead the Chargers in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Interesting. I just want to say this before Matt goes because I can see the look on his face. All the bad juju is now going to come to you and the Lions after all the love Matt gave you on Monday for the Lions fixing everything. And all he was wanting, I think, was to say, let's just throw the Broncos a little bit of love. Let's put it out there in the universe. Let's make it happen. And and you you just – it looks like you, you've, you've shit all over his bed, man. Go ahead, Matt. I don't know how I recover from that. <laughs> uh, I have the Chiefs uh, winning the division. Watch the Chiefs. Before. What? 
He said I shit uh, all over your bed. Does it wash yeah. your sheets? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I have the Chiefs winning the division at 12 and 4, which is uh, painful to stay. Broncos at 9 and 7, Raiders at 6 and 10. And I, I guess I was the most bullish on the Chargers at 5 and 11. I don't even like the Chargers, guys. I don't know why you do this to me all the time. Uh, predictions. Um, gosh. For the Chiefs, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Patrick Mahomes gets back to being QB1 for fantasy. Uh, for the Broncos, uh, Philip Lindsay ends up being the Broncos' leading rusher. For the Raiders, uh, I'm going to say Theo Riddick catches 70 passes. Wow, and uh, for the Chargers, I'm going to say Justin Jackson runs so well that they cut Joshua Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm just kidding. They won't cut Joshua Kelly, but Justin Jackson, I think he'll put up at least 800 yards on the ground. All right, let's move into. Oh, I guess we should talk about uh, these teams. So, obviously, what is it? Well, uh, the Chargers, I think, if we're all being honest, aren't necessarily worth talking about that much. I, I think they're a couple of years away. They've got a lot of things they got to improve on. I, I mean, I do love Herbert. Uh, we'll see what they do with Allen. I, I they do have they, a phenomenal secondary, though. So I think they're going to yeah. win a few games. I mean, they got Chris Harris uh, to go with James and Hayward. I mean, they've got some playmakers. You know, I as mean, much hey, as I, I like some good. of the, uh, as much as I like some of the pieces on the Chargers, I think unfortunately this this season might cost Anthony Lynn his job. It's and it's just a function. I mean, he might get. He might get another year based on the, well, we're transitioning at quarterback type of thing. But I just feel like he's been there long enough that he should have put it together uh, and, and they should have pushed into the playoffs a couple times with Phil Rivers. And now they're in the process of having to rebuild rookie quarterback and stuff. And I, and I, I feel like it may, it may be the end of the road for Lynn, unfortunately. But well, I mean, not. if we're honest, there's no – Guarantee they're not still pretty hard rebuilding offense next year because ideally Herbert takes over, but Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, all in yeah. contract years. And we've already discussed they don't have a lot of uh, optimism behind them. I, I, I know, you know, what you're saying about Anthony could be correct. Personally, I have a feeling he will get a kind of, uh, you know, get a chance to try again again yeah. next year as long as if they're getting blown out a lot i think he's gone if they're a competitive team that just can't quite make it happen you know with some of the younger players and in a transition year i think he'll get a little benefit of the doubt yeah I, I'm, I'm with you man i think he will and i think he deserves it i mean outside of last year he's been in the playoff race or in i mean we we've talked about for years how that uh those chargers seem to disappoint every single year i mean i remember a couple of years ago well, i had he's only, the super bowl he's only a year removed from being tied for the best record in the afc yeah. in 2018 they were 12 and 4 if they would have had the tiebreaker over the chiefs they would have been the one seed in the afc uh, so on the Las Vegas Raiders, I was close to having them in. As I, as I mentioned before, Matt came back. I had uh, I lost all my predictions, and so I still had them close to making it. I did not have them making it in the first round. I think I did. I can't remember. Their first eight games are very tough. If they can come out of that, you know, 
whatever, three and five or even four and four, I do think they'll have a really good shot to make the playoffs. I do think they're a good team this year. I, I actually think like the NFC West, the AFC West, the AFC North, and the NFC North are all extremely tough divisions this year. I have there's three teams in each of those that I could easily see some in, in some of them four teams that could easily make the playoffs. So Raiders, I think they've got a tough schedule, tough division. I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs, but I, I think they're here to stay. I, I really like the moves that they've made, and I do think they're going to be a good team moving forward. What are your guys' thoughts on the Raiders? I like David Carr this year. I've, I've picked him up in a few yeah. spots. I think he's going to have a good season. Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek yeah, him Carr. Too. David Carr is a phenomenal well, analyst, it, though. I'm old, okay? Give me a break. <laughs> David Carr was when I was younger. Um, I think Derek Carr's a – you know, the, the one thing the Raiders have over, I think, every other team is that their head coach and general manager have security. So they've decided that they're building a certain way. They didn't have to worry about, well, we have a tight deadline to get competitive and winning. They traded away Mac. They traded away Cooper. And and they built the team with players that they want to play there. And it seems to be working. You know, Josh Jacobs is a good back. Uh, you know, they, they went wide receiver heavy this season after last season. Darren Waller is panned out. They've got a good offensive line. So I, I feel like they're going to be competitive and they're going to play well. I Like I said, I have them 10-6 and six and making the playoffs. Yeah, and I think they're a young team that, that you should last year. They're, they're going to be competitive. I, you know, and I think, I think Gruden and Mayock have a plan that they're working on. I just think they're also a young team, and as we saw last year, that can lead you to kind of fall off the shelf at times. They don't have the easiest schedule. Um, and I think there's still some growing pains. There's some things they have to figure out. The fact that you could pull 10 different fantasy analysts and probably get 10 different answers about who's going to lead the team as a receiver uh, tells you that they still have some things uh, to work out. I like the talent there. I think we all three like Brian Edwards long-term, but you know, Again, they have a lot of young players that are coming in that got no offense that will have never taken a snap in the NFL until it matters. Uh, I really don't feel like there's much to say about the Chiefs. They're good. I mean, they, they're bringing back pretty much, I believe, what is it, like almost all but one of their starters uh, from the Super yeah. Bowl team. So they're outside of just like a – massive injury hit on that team. They're going to be fine. But the Broncos were a little bit split on here. I'm the highest on them. Matt, you're right there with me, just a game off. Uh, but, Dennis, you don't have them making the playoffs. So what is it on the Broncos' side that you are not necessarily uh, buying into? What is it you think that they're going to do? Because they finished 7-9 and nine last year, right, Matt? So where yep. is it? why is it you don't see them either taking a step up or, I guess, even a step back? You know, they, they've got some good pieces. I think Drew Locke is going to be a good quarterback. I think he's going to be up and down this year. It's gonna, There's going to be a lot of inconsistency in that offense coming into this offseason where arguably their second and third best wide receivers are going to be rookies. And I, I get Jerry Judy's the best route runner to come out of college since, you know, Red Grange, but – 
they're still going to have to go through the the growing pains. I think the defense is starting to get some age on it. They've lost Chris Harris, like Matt likes to point out. They've got some good pieces, and I if they go nine and seven, I'm not going to be the least bit surprised. If they squeak into the playoffs, that won't surprise me. I just think that you know, I, I'm in the year away camp with them. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, it's the the natural evolution. Uh, they did lose Chris Harris, and then they traded for AJ Boye, um, Bryce Callahan back this year, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. They'll be fine in the secondary. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb's back. Uh, they found some nice depth pieces. Alexander Johnson uh, really developed into something. Middle linebacker last year. They went and got Jarrell Casey. I think their defense is going to be uh, pretty incredibly fierce. They spent a lot of time working on and building up the offensive line. They have Mike Munchak there to help improve that. I think that was a a concern. Better play calling, probably better play calling and better luck would have had them to nine or 10 wins last year. Uh, You know, they lost that Chicago game on uh, what most people can't understand uh, was a play that was allowed to continue by uh, the referees, they had a similar kind of uh, officiating faux pas against Jacksonville. They uh, had a couple of games where uh, Joe Flacco just basically kind of killed them at the end. Um, so I, I liked the way they finished. I liked the way that they played with Locke, uh, the way they built a supporting cast around them. I don't think they're going to be incredible. I have them as a seventh seed, nine and seven, even though I'm a fan, I'm trying to be, realistic about they they don't have the easiest schedule either but i think they have enough experience on defense and they have enough pieces on offense one of the things that i observed looking at pat Shermer's offenses is they really pound it with the tight end they've done a lot of things in their tight end room jake butt is finally healthy he's showing out huge at camp albert O, who played with Locke in college is looking really good fant is there nick vanette is looking really good they i think they're How's who? Troy Fumagalli looking? How's he looking? He's been really good, too. They're going to have some sad uh, cuts, as people have have mentioned. I think it will take a little while to get some of their young receivers up and going. I'm not somebody who's thinking that Judy and or Hamler is going to have an incredible fantasy year this year, but I think with their tight ends, with two really good running backs, and with uh, with Sutton and a good defense – that they that they can be right in there and be a nine and seven team and make it into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, man. I actually don't think their schedule is that bad because of the step forward. I think their defense is going to take in getting a Bradley Chubb bag. I mean, I, I love Chris Harris, but I think AJ Bouye is not that far off of him just based on where he the age gap now and Bouye coming over there. So I'm. I'm with you. I think the Broncos have uh, a decent schedule. I mean, you know, I have them winning games against like the Patriots and uh, I don't remember who they're uh-huh. like. I have them winning their opening game against the the Titans because Titans. I think they're going they're to be able to get after the quarterback with Vaughn Miller and Chubb. And I think that's going to be a big deal this year. So I, I'm all in on their defense. And that's what kind of gave me that little bit of push over the Raiders. Uh, so I'm with you. I think. I think it's fair to say, and I guess I would ask you guys, I think the biggest thing that's going to be key for this team is Drew Locke continuing what he did last year. If he takes any kind of step back, uh, I think that it's going to end up being the Raiders that jump up that spot instead of the Broncos. But if Locke can continue doing what he did last year and progress, the Broncos are kind of in the driver's seat to make a playoffs, uh, playoff push. Yeah. 
All right. AFC South. Who wants to go first? I will go. Uh, so since we're doing our reversing orders, um, I have Titans at ten and six, winning the division. Colts nine and seven. Uh, Texans seven and nine, and Jaguars three and thirteen. In terms of uh, predictions. I think Will Fuller ends up being the leading receiver for the Texans. Uh, for the Titans, I think uh, A.J. Brown has another 1,000-yard season uh, for the Colts. I'm going go, to go with, with Matt and uh, that Jonathan Taylor has a – a more than a thousand yard season because now I really need Let's it after, after banking on him. And uh, for the Jaguars, uh, I'm going to say Minshew does not play all 16 games. Interesting. Right, what about you, Dennis? Of injury. I think they'll end up benching. Okay. Well, I have the Texans winning the division at nine and seven uh, in a tie record wise with the Titans at nine and seven. Uh, the Colts at six and ten and the Jaguars coming in at three and thirteen. Uh, Marone is not going to uh, survive the season. You know I, I wanted I went in and I, I really wanted to give J- the Jaguars more more wins because I feel like if they win, that means Minshew and his it factor are going to be something. If they struggled, if, if they end up with a three and 13 record, I think they're going quarterback. They're bringing in competition uh, in the first couple rounds, somebody to go up against Minshew. Um, maybe they go the veteran route, depending on who the new head coach is. And, and so I look, but I just, I just couldn't find the wins anywhere. Um Prediction wise, I think David Johnson in Houston is going to have fourteen hundred all-purpose yards. Uh, I don't really have a prediction for the Titans. I toyed around with some, and I just couldn't come up with any that I liked. In Indianapolis, I think Paris Campbell is going to lead the NFL in yak yards after the catch and catch seventy nice. passes. Uh, and in Jacksonville, I think Chris Conley is going to establish himself as the clear wide receiver too for Jacksonville. Uh, they're going to be behind enough that Jack, that Conley and Chark, uh, regardless of whether it's Minshew or Josh Dobbs or Mike Glennon, uh, they're going to get plenty of targets because the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be playing catch-up. All right, so for me, I have got the Titans winning the division at 11-5. and five. I have the Texans finishing at 8-8, eight and eight, the Colts at 6-10, and 10, and the Jaguars at 3-13. and 13. Uh, for the Titans, I have Jonu Smith finishing as a second-best fantasy receiving option uh, for the Titans. Uh, for the Texans, DJ finishes as the best running back. I did that on purpose. I think it's going to be Duke Johnson finishing as the best running back, not David Johnson. Uh, for the Colts, Taylor wins Rookie of the Year and runs for 1,200-plus yards. And for the Jaguars, and this is what I was mentioning earlier with the Fournette thing, I think Armstead finishes as the Jaguars' RB. For uh, for Jacksonville, I think Fournette's going to take a little bit of a slide back. Uh, so for the Jaguars, Dennis, you mentioned it. Marone's gone. Obviously, Matt, I believe you would probably agree with that if they finish where where we all have them. I I don't think he's back. I 
I don't think yeah. you should have. I mean, I was frankly surprised when they talked about cleaning house and changing the culture. Yeah, yeah that he got another stab this year. But the yeah. team seemed to quit on him last year, in my opinion. So that it was that might be have been the most shocking non non removal of the season. I, I liked him a couple of years ago. I thought he brought some energy, but it's clear that it's just just not working. But should we also pour one out for our friend Tony, who couldn't be here today? Know. My for me, it's I, I just don't believe in Rivers. They have a phenomenal team. I think they if they had any uh, I shouldn't say any other quarterback. If they had a yeah, if they had Gardner Minshew on the Colts, the Colts would be a playoff team. Like I just I don't like Philip Rivers on that team. I don't think he doesn't have the arm to get it to their deep threats. And I, I love Taylor behind that line, but Taylor can't do everything. So I think and it sucks. And the, the Colts was actually where I was going to go next. So I'll just I'll I'll stay with that. What do you guys think that means? I don't think Frank Reich's going to be on the hot seat at all, but I think if they win, say, 6-10, and 10, I was trying to pull it up really quick. What do you guys have, Matt? So 5-11 and 4-12. and 4 and 12. Okay, so if they do that, they could be in that in that QB race. So No, I had finish, a 9-7. and seven. Oh, did you? Oh, I was looking at the Chargers. My bad. Yeah, 9-7. Yeah. and seven. So no, see, I, didn't, I didn't take a dump over Tony's team. I, just uh, I tried not to, but – if they finish six and ten, they have a shot, I think, to get a, a decent QB in this class. But I think that's what they need. They need to get a unless they think Jacob Beeson's the guy. I, I I don't know. I don't think he's gonna be that great, but he could be. I just I think going all in on Phillip Rivers because of the connection that Frank Reich has with him and he says he has a lot in him. From what I saw last year, I just I don't see it. I, I don't think Phillip Rivers is gonna be enough to lift them into a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I mean, I have them as good, but not great, uh, and not good enough to to get into the playoffs, which is a bummer because pre Andrew Luck's retirement last year, I felt like they could have been a Super Bowl contender. It's it kind of shows yeah. you if you're missing even just that one crucial element, it can be a, a deal breaker. Dennis, any thoughts on the Colts? Nope. No. All right, so Texans and Titans, we we're all kind of split with them. Matt, uh, you and me, I guess, don't have a Dennis. You have them making the playoffs at nine and seven, or I assume so. You haven't won in the division. Yeah, right? I'm winning the division. Division and the Titans being a uh, wild card. So why why lower on the Titans than uh, I guess just me really? I mean, Matt's not for Matt's a game off. You what, what is it? You think they take a step back on? Is it Ryan Tannehill? You know, Tannehill has had bouts of inconsistency. I think they're, you know, they're a slow-paced team. It's A.J. Brown, it's Jonu Smith and Derrick Henry. They're going to need to get production from somewhere else, and I think they're susceptible because they do uh, play at a slow pace that they end up, they can be had late. I I, I don't know that Houston is going to be a great team, but I think Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson have a connection to be able – you know, Watson Watson runs that team the way O'Brien wants him to. And while they went from having a superstar in DeAndre Hopkins – to having a bunch of broader options, it may bring out even more uh, in in Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, I called for DJ to have a good year, and 
if he doesn't, I don't know what's behind Duke to help him out. Buddy Howell, is that the guy? Karen Higdon. So, you know, if, if DJ if, – if, if, yeah, but I don't think, I don't think they believe any, that Duke can carry the load any more than Cleveland believe Duke can carry the load. They've got a great third uh, running back into Sean Watson, so. Yeah, it, you know, and, and that's – at some point he's going to have to stop taking the beating. Um, I, I just feel like that in the head-to-head matchups, it's going to end up splitting the hairs, and, and so Houston gets the uh, higher seed of the two teams in the playoffs. You know, they're both gotcha. at nine and seven, so they, they're not. It's not like one is way better than the other one. It's just one of those situations where one of them's got to be in first place technically, and the other one has to be in second place, technically. All right, so moving on to the AFC North. Uh, I will go first. So I've got the Ravens finishing as the winners of the division at 12-4. and four. I've got the Browns finishing just behind them at 12-4. and four. The Steelers finishing at 10-6. and six, And the Bengals finishing at 4-12, and 12, which sucked because I tried very hard to kind of give the Bengals a couple more wins because – I really think they could be a six-win team this year, but I just ended up with them at four and twelve. So my predictions are that Marquise Hollywood Brown has a breakout season and finishes as a top fifteen wide receiver. Browns, Baker, and Odell have a huge huge connection this year. Both finish in the top twelve. Nick Chubb leads the league in rushing. Steelers, James Washington has a breakout season. And for the Bengals, Auden Tate finishes as their best fantasy wide receiver. I like Auden Tate, man. I think he's uh, – So do I. He, he, he's, he's looking good. Uh, I have the Ravens winning the division at 14-2. and two. Why do you hate the Ravens, Matt? Uh, the Browns. I think that's a second. fairly obvious question. If we're being honest, <laughs> uh, wait. Uh, just, just give it a minute. You'll see that the other Matt hates them more. <laughs> yes, let's go. Uh, I have the Browns second at eleven and five. Um, the Steelers third at eight and eight, and the Bengals coming in uh, at the tail end at six and ten. Uh, I, I think you know in Baltimore with the bold predictions. I think. Lamar Jackson is going to regress from both his rushing yards and his touchdown passes. He's going to end up with, you know, 800 yards instead of 1,200 and 30 touchdowns instead of 36. I think he's going to have a significant increase in his passing yards and rushing touchdowns and yards are going to come from the, the triumvirate of Mark Ing- Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards. Uh, for the Browns, I pre- I'm going to give Nick Chubb 1,700 rushing yards. I think he catches, you know, 18 to 25 passes, but I think he's going to clock in at 1,700 yards rushing. I didn't have a bold prediction for the Steelers, though my developing love for Eric Ebron, if we'd have had another week or so, there might have been something there. <laughs> uh, and the Bengals, I'm with you on Auden Tate. I think Auden Tate's going to score 10 touchdowns. All right, I like it. All right. <laughs> I have the Ravens winning the division at 10 and 6. The Browns in second place at 10 and 6. Steelers at 9 and 7. All three in the playoffs. 
Bengals at five and eleven for the Ravens. Uh, I think Mark Andrews catches over a hundred passes this year uh, like for it. the Steelers. I think Juju Smith-Schuster goes back to being a wide receiver one, over 100 passes and 1,500 yards. For the Browns, Nick Chubb leads the NFL in rushing. And for the Bengals, no receiver is in the top 24. Interesting. All right. So, Bengals, none of us seem to be very high on. Do every Are all three of us putting the Steelers in the playoffs? I don't think Dennis did because he only went eight and I eight. I did so not. you had the Ra- the Raiders snuck in right there as your last spot over the Steelers? Uh, Tennessee was my Tennessee, seventh Tennessee, got seat. you. Matt, you have them in, though, so me and you both have three yep. teams from the AFC North. God, I hope yep. I'm right this year. Fuck the Browns. The Browns that's fail on quitting football together. I feel like those teams are going to be really good. Yeah. They're going to kind of beat up on each other um, yep. you know, when I was going around, and that it's going to be a, a kind of a tight pack. Uh, which we've seen in some other divisions in, in the last few years. I have them all going four and two. The only team not getting a division win is the Bengals. I, I have them going. I have all, all of them almost splitting their home 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 games. Like I think the one yeah, I picked, so I. the one I picked different is I went. Uh, I guess bold because I do think it's going to happen. I have the Browns beating the Ravens opening weekend, but then I have the Ravens beating Cleveland in Cleveland later in the year on that Monday night football game. So that that's the only one I have where they take an away game. Everything else I have them all kind of beating each other at home. So Steelers, I think so. Is it Ben kind of – Ben's got to be the, the key cog here, right? If, if that elbow isn't – which can I just say really quick, and I promise this is no – no malicious anything toward Big Ben. Is he not the biggest fucking crybaby in football? As you guys hear the interview he gave where he's been dealing with this torn ligament in his elbow for 13 years now, and he's, he just he couldn't take the pain anymore. That's such a crock of shit. I'm sorry, but if you had a torn ligament in your elbow, it's not been 13 years. No way you've been throwing the ball as much as you have for 13 years with a torn ligament in your elbow. Just saying that. He's the biggest crybaby in the world. I hate him. All I describe about how often he gets hurt. But if he does get hurt, the Steelers are going to go to shit, correct? That, that, I think we all kind of agree on that. Well, uh, not to shit. I mean, they managed to be 8-8 eight and eight last year with functionally nothing at the quarterback, their wow. best receiver injured, and their best running back gone. So, you know, I don't think shit being relative – the Bengals will finish higher than them if Big Ben gets hurt. That's my opinion. <laughs> uh, not much, I guess, to say really on the Ravens. I mean, that, we all have them win in the division, or correct, right? All of us have them win in the division. They're going to be good this year. Unless, I would say same thing. Unless Lamar gets hurt, I cannot see this team not performing. He, he bowled out last year. He's going to be phenomenal again this year. Uh, so, I guess, why are we all buying into the Browns? I mean, my motivation is clearly obvious. I, I cannot separate the fan mindset. So why are you two buying into the Cleveland Browns? New coaching staff, new offensive game plan, new defensive game plans, you know, somewhat of the same players, but already lost Grant Delpit, already lost Mac Wilson. You know, what? Why? why are you guys buying into the Browns? Convince me to believe you. I just feel like there's an air of confidence and the general manager and head coach that I'm buying into. It's like, you know, we have two from the offensive side of the ball, two great running backs, two great wide receivers, and two really good tight ends. We have a solid offensive line. We still got a couple things to work out. We have some playmakers on defense. 
I mean, the talent is there. I mean, Miles Garrett may be the best defensive end in the NFL. Uh, I, I get that losing Mac Wilson, you know, I, I don't know. You know, Grant Delpit was never known for his tackling, so uh, I, I wasn't uh, necessarily as high on Delpit as a lot of people. But, uh, you know, they're going to have to patch some things together. But this season, everybody is going to be patching stuff together. Uh, but it just feels like there's a level of competence there that has the guts to tell Jimmy Haslam to butt out. You know, for me, I'm going to say it's a little bit the same way as, you know, I saw the Cowboys kind of bouncing back this year and having a good season. I think the Browns were more talented than their record last year. Uh, you know, if you have a little bit more maturity, uh, a little bit more time playing together and a little bit better coaching, that can make the difference and swing three or four games. And, you know, it's not like I'm not quite like you and Dennis in the – 11, 12 win range, 10 and six, I think is, is pretty doable. They were six and 10 last year with arguably some, some games that they, they gave away. So if they're a little bit of a better team, uh, you know, and have cleaned it up a little bit. And I think last year took, you know, a lot of those guys did some heavy self-reflecting. You got that with comments from Baker Mayfield, from Beckham, from, Andrew, hey, you know, we aren't playing to what we could be playing. I, you know, we've heard some similar things from Dallas. I think those are two teams that should have been a lot better last year and just couldn't put it together on the field. And I tend to want to bet on the talent and that they can figure it out this year. Damn it, you guys believe, you made me a believer. Now, I, for me, the reason I ended up with 12 is I actually think they have a very easy schedule for the most part. Like most of their hard opponents are going to be the Steelers and the Ravens in their division. I mean, the Titans, I did have them losing too. But, I mean, they get like the Giants, the Jets. I'm, no offense, Tony, if you end up listening to this. The Colts, the Washington football team. Like they have a lot of very winnable games on their schedule that if they take care of their business in the games, they should win. It's just going to come down to what they do in the division. And if they can split those games, like I talked about, and then take two from the Bengals, they're going to easily get to 10 wins, in my opinion. That's that's why I kind of boosted them up a little bit more, just because I was like, I, I had them picking, like, I don't remember who. See, I don't think I gave them a big win over anybody controversial, except for the that Ravens home opening win. Like, well, the Cowboys, because, well, fuck the Cowboys, that's why. But outside of that, it was pretty, I felt like, all very easily winnable games. So, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I really don't want to do this show with you every every Monday, Matt. Just crying like last year because it was it was horrible. I, I really want to. I want a better year this year. All right, so let's yeah, go into the, let's go into our, our playoff talks here. I will. Uh, I just went first, right? So Matt, you go ahead and kick us off. Who you had uh, into the playoffs again, and then run us through who makes it to the Super Bowl, and you give us your Super Bowl prediction as well. Yeah. So if you remember from. Uh, from Monday, I took the Saints as the NFC representative, so we'll just start right there. Uh, for my playoff field, I had Chiefs as the one seed, Bills as the two seed, Ravens as the three seed, Titans as the four seed, Browns as the five seed, Steelers as the six seed, and Denver as the seven seed. Wild card round, I had the Bills beating the Broncos, uh, Ravens taking out the Steelers, Titans taking out the Browns. Divisional round, I had the Chiefs over the Titans and the Ravens going in and upsetting the Bills. 
in the AFC Championship, I had the Chiefs over the Ravens in a game that I think a lot of us had hoped we might get to see last year. It would be kind of interesting. Uh, get a year later. And in the Super Bowl, I have the Saints over the Chiefs and Drew Brees retiring. Interesting. All right, Dennis, what about you? So I had Baltimore is the one seed. KC is the two. Uh, New England is the three by virtue of winning their division. Uh, Houston, four. Cleveland, five. Las Vegas, six. And Tennessee, seven is the last wild card. In the wild card round, I have Houston beating Cleveland uh, in Houston. The Raiders upsetting New England uh, in New England. And Tennessee uh, losing to Kansas City. In the divisional round, I have the two home teams winning, Kansas City over Houston and Baltimore over the Raiders in the championship game. Just FYI, that wouldn't be the matchup because the NFL reseeds it so that the top seed plays the lowest. Didn't you have the Chiefs as the number one seed? No. I had Baltimore as the number one seed. Chiefs were the three. So uh, I just I just went by what the uh, program did. I I didn't adjust. Oh yeah, the program should see it. And then uh, in the championship game, I have Baltimore beating Kansas City and going on to the Super Bowl to play the Saints, where I have Baltimore beating New Orleans. How would you feel about that, Matt? I would hate my life. Very much so. All right, so for no, me. It, well, it was a struggle for me to get there. I really wanted the Chiefs. doesn't sound like it. It really doesn't. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, the, there's so rarely does a team repeat, and it, rarely does a team even make it back a second time. And I just, I just felt like everything went so well last year for the Chiefs that it just – I just couldn't bring myself to pick them. I wanted, and then I tried New Orleans, but I just I don't think New Orleans. I, I think that the the offenses are going to be fairly evenly matched, but I picked Baltimore's defense over New Orleans' defense, and, and so that's where I just gave the edge to Baltimore by a hair. Could you imagine in Dennis's scenario the poor Texans fans who have to go to the play the Chiefs in the playoffs again? Yeah. All right, so for mine, I had uh, the Chiefs got the bye. Ravens were the second seed. They went up against Pittsburgh as a seven seed. I had Ravens winning that. Titans as a three seed versus the Broncos as a six seed. Sorry, Matt, but I, I did have the Titans pulling that off. Uh, and then the Bills and Browns as a four and five seed. The Browns getting that one in the wild card. In the divisional round, Ravens versus the Titans. I have the Ravens beating the Titans. And Chiefs-Browns, I have the Browns beating the Chiefs. No, I'm just kidding. I have the Chiefs beating the Browns. And then uh, – Chiefs beating the Ravens in the championship game to go on against the Saints and the Chiefs repeating. Unfortunately, I did not want that to happen. I went very I chalky. We all picked the Saints. Yeah, we all picked the Saints in. Yeah, so it means they're not <laughs> going to make the, the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I said we we had a bunch of people in NOLA turn us off. We've got a lot of bad reviews from uh, from the NOLA community ever since that NFC episode. But yeah. I, I got the Chiefs repeating. Unfortunately, I tried. Uh, I tried not to, but uh, I just. I think they've got just enough. I, I, I honestly kind of hope that's a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a phenomenal Super Bowl. I think it could be very, very good offense and defense in that game. But I, I'd have the Chiefs just winning. 
So I think that's going to do it for us today. Just in enough time. I've got like five minutes to get ready for my Zoom draft here. So I'm going to hurry up and get out of here. But uh, you guys have anything else you want to say? Join the Discord channel if you guys need help for any of your draft help or anything. And you can follow all of us on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB, at Culture underscore Coach, and at Nighthawk7734. DM us if you need the link. We will send you the link. You can jump in. We were willing to help you with anything and everything that you need. We will be back on Monday with something. I can't remember what the schedule is. I was trying to find it. There it is. We will be talking about awards, award predictions, and possibly having a special guest on either Monday or Thursday next week. Still working on that. Dennis, Matt, anything else you guys want to say? Rock Stop your killing black people. I agree oh, with that. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!